Let's test these levels. Um, yes. Amy, talk me through this look that you've got going on today. Well, I, I'm a very black orientated person always with my wardrobe so I thought you know what? I'm going to give you a low cut black top yeah a, a, a simple skinny jean yes always a dm classic dm yeah. and I actually washed my hair for you so <laughs> the hair is a vibe it's, it's a new color it's as a well. vibe and also the headphones you know are black so they're literally matching this outfit thank you planned <laughs> planned <laughs> Hello and welcome to In The Frame. Today's guest is Amy Thornton, who is currently starring as Nini in the West End production of Moulin Rouge, the musical. Amy was part of the musical's original West End cast as part of the ensemble whilst understudying Nini and Arabia, and now she has taken over as Nini and is dazzling audiences at the Piccadilly Theatre eight times a week. Amy has had such an insane career, just a few of her stage credits include the West End productions of the Palladium Panto, Matilda, Rock of Ages, Flashdance, Never Forget and Grease. She was also on stage in Evita at the Regent's Park Open Air Theatre, Fame on its UK tour, Cats in Jersey and Guernsey and Starlight Express on its UK and Scandinavian tours. And she was also on screen in the Mamma Mia Here We Go Again film. In this episode, you are going to hear about how an injury led to Amy working as an assistant, associate and resident choreographer. She has been resident choreographer for the West End production of Matilda, assistant choreographer for the US, Australian, German, Chinese, Paris and UK touring productions of The Bodyguard and associate choreographer for Fabian Eloise's Avita. Most recently, Amy was Ellen Kane's assistant choreographer for the incredible film adaptation of Matilda the Musical, which received huge acclaim for its choreography. It was so fascinating to chat to Amy all about her career. I loved all the chat we had about her work in the world of choreography. I also got to see her as Nini last year, so we of course spoke about all things Moulin Rouge and lots, lots more. She's the best and I had so much fun doing this. Here's the interview. Amy Thornton, you're in the frame. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Are you terrified? Um, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I'm really relaxed. Uh, I'm a real natural, this kind of thing. No, I am. You know I am. I'm terrified that I'm going to say something that people are going to go, who is this woman? Do you know what? Can I tell you something I haven't told you yet? I want oh. to tell you until we start recording that you were literally like a fan request. No. Yes. You are kidding <laughs> no, me. No, I'm not. <laughs> but I got a literal a pitch <gasps> no as to way. why you are amazing and as to why you should be on the podcast. Oh, my God. Because I was like, oh, who should come on? You know, who should we invite to on the podcast yeah. soon? So I was like, Amy Thornton. It's my one fan that's out there. Thank you so much. Here I am. Everyone else is like, who? No, but you are also someone that I've seen in so many shows. Oh, she's been around a while. Yeah, you've been far and wide doing all the shows. It's like, we're going to struggle to fit everything in. Before we even try and attempt, like, Mm. where are you at? How are you doing? Because you're a leading lady in the West End. I know. Um, Busy time. But have you settled into that routine? Oh, yeah. I think... This year is very different. Obviously, it's my second year in Moulin Rouge. Um, last year, Ensemble. Mm-hmm. 
a first cover, a second cover, assistant dance captain. It was a lot of rehearsals. It was. Uh, That's what you're used to, right? I'm used to that. <laughs> and I, and I, actually, I thrive off it. As much as I want to tell people how hard my day's been and how many hours I'm doing, I do love that. So this year, just Nini, which is a whole different kind of pressure in itself. But finding myself with a lot more time on my hands. Obviously, eight shows a week's a lot anyway, six days a week. But I have my days kind of... Mm-hmm a lot freer mm-hmm. at first, which was like, what am I meant to do? Started playing the ukulele. <laughs> I'm awful, but I've got a new hobby. So you're not like secretly offering, oh, I can come in and help with that rehearsal, or oh, I can... Absolutely not. I'll swing, a, I'll swing an extra musical number tonight. <laughs> no, actually, I probably would say that, but I think they're like, no. <laughs> stay away. Just, yeah, just stay away. Um, but no, I'm, I'm enjoying having... Now I'm enjoying having this time. For, it was definitely... Uh, an adjustment but now I'm like okay this is what it's like just to do your eight shows a week go in do the gig go home don't think about it Mm. you know I mean it has been a crazy couple of weeks at the Rouge so we've had lots of old company members coming back which as crazy it's been it's been so much fun yeah just getting that energy back in the building but I think we're at the point now as well we need holiday Holidays just started. Last week was the first week of holiday. And I've got three days at the end of February, which I am living for. Just because my body needs the rest. She's, it's a hard show. I can't imagine. No, don't. Don't. And she's not a spring chicken. Like, it, I have to look after myself now. I have to have a good diet. I have to have a good stretching like workout every day. Because it hurts. <laughs> it really hurts. <laughs> Health warning. <laughs> oh my god, honestly. Like I, I think people who've seen the show know, but you forget. Like I it's been a while since I'd done a show before I went back into Moulin Rouge. You do forget what six days a week, eight shows a week is like. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of you just underestimate what that does to your body and your voice. That's why you know with that new equity thing that obviously really important oh, yeah. everyone's fighting for mm-hmm. and one of the big things now is the holiday because mm-hmm. you still think at four weeks even though you're doing six day weeks. You know what? And I didn't I didn't even think of I that. Had, when... I, do not, I hadn't really thought of that. No, because you forget we're not doing five day working weeks. We're doing six. And so when you actually compare like I was thinking of my sister who does five days. I was like, no, hold on. And we don't get bank holidays like you do. Yeah. We don't get a, a Christmas break like a lot of normal inverted commas people do. <laughs> so it was. It's it's so interesting. Like the things it sparked, even with me going, we just have settled for that for too many years. So it's 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 good that the conversation is happening. And we had one of the um, equity depths come in. Is that the right word? Equity depth's great. Yeah, or representatives. Repre- yeah. Representatives she was or amazing. Or... I can't even remember. I think it's Hannah. She was incredible. And I'm like, okay, we're fighting the fight now. We're mm-hmm. finding our voice mm-hmm. finally. So it really does feel like the conversations are progressing. And if you're not a member, become a member. Strength in numbers. Um, but it's good. I think we're on the right mm-hmm. road. I pray we're on the right road. I hope so. Because, yeah, there's too many people time. who feel like you should be grateful to be here you're really lucky and, and I'm one of those people you know like I'm been in the industry I was gonna say my age but I've been in the industry a few years and you know mm. this is my first time of being a leading lady after okay what is this like my 19th professional year or something ridiculous and I'm I am constantly going I'm so grateful but I've also worked really really hard to get there 
So we have to kind of change that narrative and that language that we're constantly saying, yeah, we'll do it because we're just so lucky. Mm. No, we've earned the right mm, 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 to be there. And we've earned the right to ask for these things. So listen, it's it's all positive. I think we're moving in the right direction. Mm. So when the Moulin Rouge come onto your radar, when it was announced that it's coming to London, mm. had you seen clips, had you heard things, did you know, oh, okay, this is a bit of me? 100%. So one of my best friends, Holly James, was Arabia in the original Broadway cast. Okay, come through, Cash. Come through. She's incredible. Like, probably the most talented person I know as a triple threat. She can just do it all. And Ricky Rojas was Santiago, who we had done flash dance together. We had been first covers together, so we'd been on a lot together. Right. So I knew both of them. So I'd seen lots of clips. I'd, I'd listened when the album came out. I was obsessed with the album. And weirdly, my agent also represents Ricky. And so he went to see it. And he, I remember him ringing me saying, you need to be on Moulin Rouge. There's this character, Nini, that I think you should play her, if definitely you should cover her. And I was like, okay, okay. So then I obviously started seeing clips and I was like oh my god that Nini is a badass bitch and she's a character that it sounds really what stupid but I just relate to her right because she's a, a straight talker she's feisty she's got this hard exterior but she's actually a really good person as well so I was like is that, okay is that, is that a bit of you oh it's absolutely a bit of me sometimes I'm like Amy Filter but you know when you just say it how it is and then you regret it after <laughs> that's me and Nini's you know, that's why I was scared of being on a podcast. Right. Because <laughs> I'm like, just stop talking now. You should have stopped talking 30 seconds ago. And yeah. So uh, then I knew that the auditions were happening. And then, you know, it. I was meant to be doing a job when the auditions were meant to be happening the first time around. COVID hit. Auditions didn't happen. Because I think it was scheduled for like May 2020 yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... Whatever it was, when the auditions were scheduled, I wasn't going to be in the country. And I was like, oh, it's just not meant to be. Gutting, but hey-ho and then obviously we know what then happened for the next year or so and then during the pandemic it came back round and by this point I was working on the Matilda movie so I think the first couple of calls worked where it didn't clash with anything and then I kept getting recalled and I was like I'm in rehearsals for this film there's 175 kids I can't ask for time off but Ellen Kane love and adore Gave me, kept giving me time off, and I must have had about nine rounds in the end. And you know, when you get to the point, you're like, if I don't get this job, I'm gonna be so devastated because I felt like I'd invested so much and also screwed up having to leave rehearsals <laughs> like nine times. Like, I'm so sorry. She was like, oh my God, how many times do they need to see you? And I was like, I know. But then the last recall that I was meant to have was like the biggest filming day on set, and it just didn't work. They're like, can't go and I had to go in on a Saturday and like film three routines back to back three songs two scenes and getting notes in between and doing them again I mean I was dead knackered and I was like came out and my legs were shaking wow. and I was like oh my god I'm dry and I was like now that is that is the one time I was like I've truly given this everything I've got there's nothing else I could have done so I left like I think I cried when I left oh my god how embarrassing I cried <laughs> because I was like I really have done everything and then it worked out I got the job happy days um so it was worth it but 
I think that was probably the most gruelling audition process. That's a lot of rounds. Yeah, and obviously because the Americans couldn't be here, it was all, you know, the Zoom setups. Zooming, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. But then was it like, was it still put back multiple times after you got it? No. Of COVID. So then it was happening. No. Yeah, so then it was happening. So, gosh, I think I got it in May 2021. That's when I got the call to say I got it. Um, and then we started on schedule, like September. And then obviously we, we opened and then we closed. Yeah. Twice. Well, then everyone, yeah. Twice, three Rouge, times? Just, like... You're all just getting COVID. It was like, how's anyone left how is there anyone to get COVID in that car? I know, right? No. And then it was like, oh, we've all had it. And then it was like round two happened. I was like, are you kidding? Give us a break. And you know, unlike other shows, we just couldn't get old cast members back. So it was like, okay, the only option is to close for a week. The the headlines are there, they're flying over someone from Broadway. Oh, yeah. Did like three shows. I mean, I didn't even get to do it with them because I had COVID. So I missed all of that. Like drama slash fun um yeah it's been it's been crazy that's i feel like that is moulin rouge worldwide though i everyone like i talked to a few people in different companies and it seems that it's just that roller coaster everywhere mm. always bringing back ex-members and mm. and whatnot so so then when did you go on Fanini for the first time was it a while into it it was a while into it because sophie was solid sophie carmen jones is a beast um and i think it was March and it was like a it was one random show. She had one day uh, holiday, so I went on on the Monday. It was myself on the Tuesday and then debuted Arabia on the Wednesday. Oh my god! So I'd gone from like just doing my ensemble track, lovely, lovely, and then I was like, oh, okay, cool, let's do it. Like, and then I I do love that though. I love mixing it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went on for her, I was like, damn, I love this track. <laughs> I love my I love my old track as well, but Nini just hits different. You know, it's those moments where all the bits where you're killing your body are actually really highlighted as well. So it's not, oh, I'm killing my body and a hundred people have missed it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're like... <laughs> One person might have seen it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which was my track last <laughs> Which year. Which is actually worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's worth the pain. <laughs> so I'll put myself through the pain. Because <laughs> let me tell you, I'm not someone that can do it 50%. Everyone knows about me like... Amy will always be full out. So sometimes I'm like, when you'd get off and you'd be like, did you see that moment? No, you're like, oh, great, great. My body really hurts for nothing. Great. For what? For what? Well, I got to see you as Nini. Did you? Trust me. Yeah, it was like a day I came to, I think Zoe Burkett had been here and she was on, she was on a team that night. Oh. So I was like, and, and Adam Gilliam was on. Yes. I was like, great, I can see everyone. And you were on as Nini that show. No way. First mm-hmm. of all, I love both those humans that you just said, mm-hmm. Zoe and Adam. Absolute golden, golden people. Um, what did you think? Thoughts? <laughs> the review. Notes? Well, you're here now. <laughs> So. Yeah, because a friend requested me. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> sure. No, because no, you're on my radar. <laughs> and you were full out with feeling and you yeah, were incredible. No. And it's oh, just that you. act two opener is like the best oh. act two opener. Sonia Ty's uh, choreography is unlike any other. But I mean, it is really, truly the most unreal choreography and the most unreal moment. And mm. the way it starts, it's just so kind of camp and sexual and then it just builds and builds and builds and everyone's joining in that party and and you can't fault the tracks like the music it's like one hit after another and 
when you get those nights where the sound will just whack it right up and it's like that bass is in your chest. You're like, let's go. <laughs> it's the choreography as well that just feels nice on your body. Like uh, Sonia's always about spine articulation. Mm. And those nights you're just like, I'm actually really feeling the spine tonight. Yeah, we're going. But I'd say like, oh, just don't mind your water Don't, don't mind that. Don't. Carry on. They didn't even realise that. True. Hey, it's just kicking apart the don't podcast worry, sorry about it. Don't worry. You make yourself at home. Because <laughs> <laughs> that one, it's like spectacular. It's big budget. You're like, it's everything and more. And then bam, mm. that happens. And it's just going to new heights. Yeah. And I feel like anyone that comes to see it now will message me in the interval, like friends, like not random people. Friends will be like, oh my God, I love you. Oh and then they're God. like... Oh, and then Act Two happened because Nini's moments are really in Act Two. So then they're like, oh my God, you're so lucky that you get to do that. Because I think it is every dancer's dream. You know, it's, it's, it's like I say, you're killing your body, but it's so worth it. It's so fulfilling. Like Roxanne, I love Bad Romance, but there's something about Roxanne that I think just from the film, I was obsessed with the film when it came out and I was obsessed with Caroline O'Connor. And... Even now, I mean, I'm in the show and I've probably gone back and watched Roxanne on YouTube too many times, <laughs> too many times, because it, I think it's just genius. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's one of the best uh, numbers in film history. Mm. So that first year, the did you could you feel that buzz when you were like, when you were opening and there was so much hype around it? Oh, yeah. Because you've done some big old hypey shows, but this must have been like up there I think, in terms of experience. Yeah, I think it was a weird one. I'm not going to lie because we kind of, we didn't get our press night. It did feel like a lot of buzz, but then it felt like we never got our moment to be like, ta-da! Because we worked so hard in, yeah. during the rehearsal period and then... We did like a month of previews and during that time, I mean, everyone was so tired because we'd be going in at 10 a.m., rehearsing during the day, preview at night, you know, and little bits of tweaking, not a lot, because they obviously had the show formulized when Broadway and all of that. But it, um, it was a shame that we didn't feel like we got to really celebrate the opening like you usually do. Um, and then we did, I think we did a gala in May after opening November. So... There was a lot of buzz, but not the usual journey that you feel like you get with an original London company, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a funny kind of a weird... I mean, that whole time is just the weirdest time to look back on, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you know, like... Doesn't it feel real now? It really doesn't feel real. You know, I a video came out. I have time hop. You know how yeah, it yeah, shows yeah. you over the years. And it, this time last year, there was a video of the boys practising the dress on Satine in Only Girl. And they're all there in their masks. And I was like, how's that only a year ago? Like, we've moved on already. But I think that was when COVID round two hit our building. Mm -hmm. So it was all like, okay, guys, masks are warm up again. Like, we were doing run-throughs in the studio. Now, bear in mind, you've seen the show. It is cardio heavy, full masks, having to sing, full out, all of that. And I look back and go, how did we do that? I, I really don't know how you do that. You can't breathe. Properly. I struggle to breathe now with no mask. I mean, like, let alone back then at the beginning when your stamina was just not show ready, even though we all got told before we started, you need to be show ready. I was like, I don't even know what the show is yet. How can I be show ready? Oh, yeah, I wasn't. But here we are, a year and a half later, still going. And then when the kind of cast change was coming about did you have to go back in yeah and audition <gasps> yeah and how weird is this oh. I think I was on for Nini oh. like the day I had to go in and 
singing. You know when you're like... I mean, that just, I mean, that like totally screws your mind up, right? You're auditioning for, am I good enough? And you must have gone that night and been like, yeah. can I do this? Yeah. Am I good at this? It's, it's a, such a weird process as well because in the show, I sing my... Nini bits with everyone. She actually is the only Lady M in the opening that doesn't get a solo moment, right? But you sing everything in the audition. You sing Arabia's line, Baby Dolls, and all of LeChoc's verse. But along with the Nini harmony, now bear in mind she's on the top line. Ooh. So I was like, ooh, I've really got in a, a routine of what I do at night, but now I've got to sing the whole thing. And like sitting in front of the MD, the associate director, Natalie from Pippa's Casting going, hi, like, hi. this is so awkward. I'm about to see you in an hour when we do yeah. the show together. So Can you just come watch me tonight and yeah, that's my audition? Yeah, and I obviously, I think a lot of people felt like that, but I think it was good. It made it fair that you got everyone back on the same playing field, right? Strip back, makeup, costume, put you in that room. That's kind of, I guess, how they can just see everyone at the sort of same, same. stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I went, went in, did that. Didn't have to dance. Uh, just the singing and the acting and did you really want it I really wanted it I think for me dancing's always been my thing first and foremost that's where I'm most comfortable and then singing and then acting I would say and Nini for me is like she doesn't have any singing on her own it's always a duet or a quartet so I was like I felt comfortable with the singing uh, and I didn't first time round. I think I had, like, talked myself into, well, you're a good cover. You're a good cover. And then after playing it, I was like, actually, th this is the time. This is, like, this is what I should be doing. And, I, you know, I've done a lot of the other side, assisting and, and all of that stuff, um, which is a weird journey how I got into that. And I always got to a point where I'd get, like, itchy feet and, like, oh, I'm not ready to hang my shoes up yet. I want to be on that side of it still. And I think Nini for me was like the one part in the West End and still now at the moment that is me. Like it it really just sat right. And I was like, I have to do this. This is going to be like my swung song. Maybe. We'll see. There might be one more in me. But this was this is the right do one. Do you really think that? I don't know. I don't know. I... I go back and forth all the time. What I would love is just to keep doing what I'm doing, like a bit of assisting. Oh, I want to perform a bit. A bit of assisting. I want to perform a little bit. But, you know, I'm getting to an age where I think I should be just thinking a little bit more seriously about one or the other. But I guess if you... <laughs> it could be a your career track. No, go do, do it. I, I think, love it. Who I do I think it. I am? <laughs> do it. I love it. I'm here for it. No. It's just like therapy. But I guess you're in a powerful position if, as a performer, you're not just constantly like, okay, I need, to, I need another show, mm. I need another show, I need mm. another show. Because then you'll just say yes to anything. Whereas if you're like, okay, well, now I can go and focus on being resident choreographer somewhere, working mm. on the creative side of things. And then if the right thing comes up that I want to audition for, I will go for it. I'll give it my all. And then I'll make it work. You know what? I think you're actually so right with that because... We do what we do because we have passion for it, right? And we love it. And there is no point for me doing something if I'm not 100% invested and passionate about it. And that's why Moulin Rouge was the right fit for me because I love the music, I love the choreography, I, I love the film growing up. So all those things I was like, I have to do this. And then Nini followed suit with that. But I also do get the same fulfillment when I'm passionate about projects on the other side. like. The Matilda film was, I'd been involved in the show mm -hmm. years ago 
And so when it came up, I'm like, this is like a full circle moment. And I just knew it was Ellen. It was going to be incredible. So I was like, I have to do that. I want to. And, and I will, once I'm passionate about something, I know I will always deliver 150%. If I'm not, for me, there's, there's no point because I know I'm not going to have that same sort of fulfillment, I guess, at the end. And that's what you want. You want to leave something yeah. going, I gave that everything. I feel like I've uh, grown a lot during that job and I can take away so much experience onto the next. Mm. So you are right. I think the right project when it comes up just seems to align. Mm. And if it's not, it's like, no, not for me, move on. I think that, I think that gives you power. I don't think it, I ever feel like we've got power in this industry. <laughs> Unfortunately. Do you think that there are enough roles for people like you who dance first and foremost, like enough even triple threat roles. Because don't you think like there's not, I often no. say it like when I'm with Sopranos, mm. it's like there's just not enough roles for Sopranos, full mm. stop. And like you feel like you have to, if it's contemporary musical theatre, like you have to be belting really high and blah, blah, blah. But it's the same like there's not actually, it's really cool to have newsies at the moment because there just aren't that many shows where you get to see that number of people dancing on yeah. that scale, like 42nd Street. Yeah. That's why Fabian's choreography for Evita was so oh, cool. Was just like so how often good. do you get to see a production where the ensemble literally, you have someone belting their face off, amazing, smack the poorly, down. But oh, you get to see this ensemble literally stealing the show with with Evita as well, which yeah. wasn't known for that yeah, 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 type yeah. of choreography first time round, right? That's it was what I complete, want. Yeah. Completely reinvented. Yeah, I feel like like when I first started out, it would always be dance auditions first, and then you'd sing. And then there was like in the middle of my career, I'd say it flipped, and it was like you always sang first, and I was like, oh god. I always used to feel a bit cocky once I danced. And I'm like, it's okay, because they've seen me dance, so I don't need to be the best singer. But then I was like, I'm not strong enough to go in and sing first and then dance. And I feel like slowly it's coming back a little bit where there's the shows where you get to full out mm -hmm. dance. But it's, there's not that many, is there? There's not roles like Nini. No, they're definitely not like Nini. No, and to be like a principal, but really what people talk about Nini for is the dancing. You don't come out and go, God, she sang that beginning of Bad Romance. Stunningly. <laughs> they say that riff. They say the blonde girl with legs. Like, because it's <gasps> just she's constantly got legs in the air. Nini legs in the air. Real person. Um <laughs> So yeah, I, I mean like it's your chorus lines, Cassie's, isn't it? Those those types of roles, but they don't come around often. Do you wanna play Cassie? I don't know if I could sing it. <laughs> I would love to dance it. Love to. Although I think I would probably die because that number is long. You're Carly doing that number. Oh, incredible. Destroyed me. She is ridiculous. I I didn't get to see it um, because I got COVID when I was meant to be going to see it. Um, but I've seen videos of Carly and I knew as soon as, because we were on the film when they were casting Coruscant. So Ellen was like saying who, and I was like, well, that makes just complete sense. Carly had to be. Cassie um, and she is the definition of a triple threat right she can just do it all and all brilliantly <laughs> with a like a glimmer in her eye yeah, I know. a twinkle in her it's eye it's just a shame she's a really boring person yeah. not funny at all really rude to people nobody <laughs> likes her it's a real shame <laughs> I love you Carly <laughs> 
tell me about then you said it's a funny story into how you ended up working as like resident choreographer yeah. and that sort of stuff how did that happen so i did dance captain on matilda was my first sort of uh what do i want to say start in that yeah, yeah, yeah. creative side in that direction in that direction there we go and it was only because fabian was going to australia to set up matilda there that i bumped up to resident have you, you been in it for a while at that point i think i was there for a year and a half okay. when he left and it was at the time of we're going to do auditions cast change and absolutely got imposter syndrome like i cannot do this it was like 16 new adults going in 20 new kids and I was like, am I even capable of doing this? To be clear, your responsibility was to... Do the cast change, to teach everyone everything. And I had, you know, people to help, but you would be the voice leading the room. And I mean, the team on that is incredible, but it's a well-oiled machine as well. So, you know, when you're like, you you feel the pressure, you can't be the weak link. Yeah, if the show's weak, then it's your, your yeah. head's on the block. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, everyone's looking at you. So I was like, okay, cool. No pressure, let's go. Probably the biggest um sense of achievement at the end and I remember fully crying on opening night and that was the first time I'd really felt like I'd been a part of making that happen you know so what did that feel like as for the first time like a like a proud mum because also adults you're teaching adults choreography kids you're teaching how to do the movement you're teaching how to understand their their bodies and how they move it in a certain way which there was, I remember one boy being there because he was a singer and had no confidence in his dancing. Oh my God, I could cry now because on opening night, he had just had the biggest journey from day one and he was so happy with himself and I was just like, oh my God, I can't, I can't. What must their parents feel like that? And I remember thinking that a lot with parents that would come to pick their kids up. Like, you must be so unbelievably proud of these little human beings that are just insanely talented and they just, they don't even get it. They don't even know how talented they are. So that was my first kind of introduction. Loved it. And then left, went off on holiday to Thailand. Oh. Came back, was like, yeah. Was, so <laughs> just new hair like today, all black. Yeah. Went, came back, um, was like, what am I going to do for work over Christmas? Karen Bruce was doing pantomime. So I was like. Oh, yes, she was. Love, I love Karen Bruce did pantomime, this was in Birmingham, right? And then, come March 2016, I broke my ankle in an <gasps> audition on sweat. In, not in an audition. In front of Cameron Macintosh. It was the final for half a sixpence. PTSD, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it was actually really awful. I, my, I had to jump off a boy's back, run after him, and he'd done a dive forward roll and he'd left sweat. But obviously, it's a million miles an hour. I, didn't compute what that shiny thing on the floor was. Ankle did a 360. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought, all I could think of was, don't swear. Cameron McIntosh is in the room. There's a lot of important people in the room. Don't swear. You stopped, right? swear. You I was on the floor, like literally on the floor. And I knew, I just knew oh, it was bad. Um... And I, like my foot stayed on the floor. I remember lifting my knee up and just feeling like my foot and oh. leg didn't move together. And it was just hanging. And I said to someone, I'm sorry, could someone please get me some water and some ice? And I was inside like... Anyway, they called an ambulance, get taken. Turns out it was broken, a clean snap, needed surgery, had six pins and a plate in there, still in there. Doctors, bedside manner, awful always. They're very intelligent people, but not the best at delivering news, right? Um, 
And they were basically like, yeah, you probably might dance for two years. And I was like, okay. Which, of course, in me is like the biggest motivation to go, you'll see. So couldn't dance eight shows a week for sure, but could absolutely do movement. And Karen rang me. That was in the March. Karen rang me in the May. And Bodyguard was going out to the US. And she said, oh, do you want to do it? And I was like, well, I can't do eight shows a week. <laughs> like She was like, well it's not until October and I don't want you to be in it. I just want you to set it up. And I thought, you know oh. what? This is going to be the best sort of way to get me back in to dancing, but not as much pressure. Like if it's swollen or whatever, I can just sit down, put it up, ice it. Um, so that was in the October. So from May to October, I was having like two lots of different physio people trade, like getting me back, like fighting fit because I was in a cast for a month and a boot for six weeks so when I couldn't even plie, so it was like all the yoga, all the boring so that's stuff. That's so funny. I couldn't even plie. <laughs> Sorry. That's such a dancing. <laughs> you know, I couldn't even plie. <laughs> I hate myself. No, I, I hate love myself. it. <laughs> I couldn't even plie. <laughs> oh my god. Amy Bolton. I'm <laughs> such a dancer. Um, Exclusive. That's like the magazine. Headline. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> sorry, you're, anyway, you're on red, I'm oh sorry. Gosh. <laughs> oh, what an idiot. So you can't even play A. Couldn't play A, guys. So I did all the yoga and stuff. I really was determined to get back fighting fit. So I went out, started learning the show here in London because it was at the Dominion at the time. So I'd be watching the show at night, rehearsing in the day. Matt Wesley was incredible. He was a dance captain at the time, taught me and Jay McMurtry, who was going to Gosh. Korea, right? So we learnt this show, the three of us, in this tiny little room at the top of Dominion. Um, I can't even... So, like, to me, with my brain, I don't even understand how you... Like, you, you learnt the show, it's like you learn, you learn what every single person yeah. is doing for every single second yeah. of that show. It was crazy. And we had, I want to say, 10 days. It could have been two weeks. But I remember it not being a, a lot, right? To learn a whole show. And let's be real, Karen Bruce, who I absolutely love and adore, does it full out, partner work in everything, every couple doing different, mm. different grips. And so it was overwhelming. But, and I went to America and I'd be in my room every night, ice in my ankle, still swollen as hell. But again, by the end of it, it was such a rewarding moment. You I'm were like, working in America though, oh, yeah. that's so cool. And we opened at the Paper Mill Playhouse, which is almost a bit like a Chichester Yeah, vibe. yeah, yeah. It's like, a really like, cool venue. Place. Yeah. yeah. And so we're, and we were rehearsing 42nd Street Studios and I was like, what is life right now? And so from that, me and Karen just started doing more and more work together and it just led me down the assisting route. And I'd never really thought about it. If I hadn't have broken my ankle, my life would have kept just going into show after show after show, maybe DC, but probably ensemble cover. That's dance captain, people. <laughs> That's dance captain. Not Diet Coke. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but it would have gone down a very different path. So as, as horrible as it was, the whole broken ankle on sweat, it was a new sort of avenue yeah, completely yeah, yeah, yeah. and a completely different fulfillment. I didn't even think... I kind of wanted mm -hmm. um, and I've got relationships now with like Karen Bruce is a very good friend as well as a, an absolute beast in the room I love her she knows how much I love her Ellen Kane for Matilda Fabian I've just got to work with all these 
like different choreographers who I'm honestly in awe of all of them. And then I got to dip my toe back into performing as well. So I'm very lucky that I get to do both. And I I think I love them both equally, but for very different reasons. Would you ever want to then take it one step further and choreograph? No, thank you. I don't know. I, I've, I've always said I don't want to choreograph. And Karen always says, we'll see one day. But I love being an assistant. I love it. I love not being the main voice at all times, believe it or not chatty mcchatterson <laughs> but i love having because i i genuinely believe the people i work with are genius and i don't think i'm that genius <laughs> i think i'm good at replicating their work when we need to oh you're gonna go and teach this cast now that show like yeah great but when i watch them work i go you're next level they're such visionaries like that yeah I don't know. You could just, you know, you could swan into drama school, do a third year show or something. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that see would how be you, nice. See how you find it. Maybe. Maybe. Not right now. Because <laughs> I know some people who love that and I'm like, good for you. Because I can see that that's where you're, you really want to, that's what all you want to do. You want to choreograph. And I don't, it was just never on my radar. And that's why I love assisting. If I those Americans who was learning the bodyguards from you mm. at the end of rehearsal day and I walked out, oh, that British girl, she is, what What would they have said? What? I don't even want to know. <laughs> are you t- what I'm trying to say is, like, are you terrifying? Um... <laughs> are you scary? No, I'm not. I don't, I think kids would say I'm scary. I'm probably, oh God. I don't know. I'd love to know what people say about me. <laughs> I always think, right, here's the thing. I, Karen and Ellen, two really strong women who I work for, who are definitely friends, but I also still have that level of fear with them because I think they're bloody brilliant. So I almost think that slight bit of fear is needed because people will work that little bit harder. I don't want people to ever feel like, oh, it's fine, she's chill, and then they'll mark. I'm like, we're trying to get the best out of everyone, right? So if it's if it's not looking good, it's mm, going to reflect It's going to reflect on me yeah, as well. Yeah. It's not, people aren't just going to go, well, they were lazy. They're going to go, who taught them? Like, so I think people might say, I don't know. I don't think they'd be terrified of me at all. I'm very nice, but I also will be honest if it's not where we need it. Because that's the job, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm answering to someone. It's not like I. it ends with me. Someone else is going, excuse me, what was that? And then it's like me on the chopping block. So I am, um, and I have a lot of pride in what I do. I, As I, you should. Yeah. Like, it's a lot about ego, right? You want people to go, that was really good. They were like cracking it out, not, yeah, meh. <laughs> right, well I need to I need to get some people in here to do some podcasts who you've taught shows to. Oh my god. And then I'll no, get the no, don't, no, don't, don't. <laughs> so Amy Thornton. No, it's weird. I bumped into quite a few I say they were kids on Matilda, but they're now adults. Who are now like, yeah. yeah, they're adults, which is Ridiculous. excuse me, terrifying. But they will say like, Oh my god, I was so scared of you and I'm like, <laughs> No way. But now I think I'd be very different. 
very different. I've softened. Tell me about the Matilda film because it's so funny because obviously that was so long ago. That was mm. you were saying that we were casting a chorus line and the chorus line was years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously it's only just come out. It's now know. you know just had the buzz and that release and oh my gosh, I went to see it twice in the cinema. I was Did obsessed you? With it's, it. it's crazy, isn't it? It's so cool, but it's for me it's such a good um, adaptation. And also, what's so cool to see is that everybody is shouting about the choreography. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes maybe the choreography can be overlooked in in well in theatre, but especially in like musical movies, mm-hmm. people talking about the actors and the adaptation and if there's a new song, or whatever. They're not saying oh the choreography. But literally, you could not walk out of that film without going, wow, yeah, Ellen Kane is a genius. She's a genius. And I think Revolting Children was really the one that everyone was just blown away by. It was released. Like, but it built from the, that first number. Like, you know, it just built, it built, it built. It was crazy. You know that first number? So we have that whole zoetrope circle bit. When I tell you, me and the, the rest of the team probably had the most nightmares about that bit because we only did it with half that amount of people and then it was like shots overlaid on top of each other so it was meant to be 120 people but because of certain like covid rules and in what spaces how many people you could have it was half the amount and it was so hard because if obviously you're going around in a circle so say you were in it and you're a doctor on one bit but you're also a dad with a mum and a bed on another bit you couldn't pass yourself within the shot i see so like putting all of that together that's like science it was it was like maths and i'm terrible at maths because i was like so how many people do we need in this how many okay i was like it's hurting my brain and then you li- it was like a puzzle you'd get to a point and you go okay we've done it we've put all the names in. and then you go oh damn we've put them with themselves <laughs> oh god we've got to start again and you know it was that thing of are we ever gonna sort it but so it was like a he- it was like a headache in an amazing way like but it was hard it was hard it was really hard but um i mean i don't think any of us realize how quite how epic the final product was going to be because we were so you just you're you're so swamped by it all right and you you're on a schedule so you're just like okay we've got to go 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 like I don't know it just you forget the big picture that you're part of and you forget all the beautiful numbers that you're not a part of like quiet in the film I I didn't know that's what that was going to look like she's incredible by the way Alicia like the most gorgeous kid humble and so intelligent and you'd speak to her like an adult you didn't have to speak to her like a kid she was just on the ball her performance is mesmerizing insane insane so all her moments that we were not a part of were so beautiful to watch on Mm. the big screen like oh my god we were a part of this Mm. and revolting children definitely has to be for me the... I love Robin, the girl in the beret. Oh like everyone god, says, yeah, right? the red beret girl. She's gonna be huge. She's incredible, Misha as well. And again, gorgeous girl. Like these these kids were just kids, and I think it's really important to for people to know that we didn't superimpose any of that. There weren't adults. They're like the kid head spinning and revolting. He's called Jet. He's amazing. He's twelve, or he was twelve, I think. Um, and I'm like, someone's gonna think that we've just whacked an adult in there to do that but it's not they the kids did that i, I mean school song was so imposing it's, it's called school song right the first number yeah 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 the, going through taking Sorry, a lavender the first number as they arrive into the yes, school yes yes yeah, yes yeah, school yeah. song yeah all of that like i mean matilda and um lavender having to do all of that stuff as well and they were primarily booked as actresses and they were great they just got it like so impressive you know when you go these kids have got better careers than me and they're nine mm. 
Like, they're going to be unstoppable. Was that your first musical movie that you'd worked on? I did Mamma Mia 2, but as a dancer, not part of the creative team. So it was my first uh, film, yeah, as creative. And a cool, another, like, next step, angle, medium to be, like, working on. Yeah. It's so different. Yeah. And I wasn't meant to be on the team. So I, in the February, I got a call to come in and do workshops. I think my first workshop I did was Revolting Children. Then it was like, oh, we're doing a bit of Bruce and we did a bit of school song. And then I was due to be going on a ship to uh, put up a show with Karen that we'd workshopped already, that it was all set, ready to go. And then COVID happened. So that was in the March, I think, we did our last workshop. And then in the no, in the June of first lockdown, uh, Ellen rang me and said, look, I can, this is going to be much bigger than we realised, so I can expand my team. Would you like to join? And I was like, absolutely. Like, you don't even need to ask twice. I don't even <laughs> care what the money is. I'll do it. And we started in the August of 2020 and we finished September 2021. Oh my gosh. So what great timing as well. Honestly, with yeah, because theatre obviously was just and non-existent. You were <gasps> I was so, so lucky. Oh. Like it just, again, that's what I'm saying. You know how everything just, just aligns. Meant to be. It was meant to be. And I think it was the hardest job I've ever done because first, first time in a film setting like that. And I, I, I didn't know what I was in for. And it was not even choreographically some days. It would be, you know, you feel like you were a stage management, like doing tape marks and things of where people had to stand because the film world was just very different yeah, to yeah, theatre. So it was it was definitely challenging, but, oh, my God, seeing the, the film when it came out, I was like, it was all so worth it. But now as well, you were part of the, like, dance choreo team yeah. for that, yeah. which is known now for its for its choreography. So amazing. I, I guarantee that another project will come up with, like, Amy Thornton. Oh, my God, please, book me. <laughs> book me. I, I mean, she knows I know. how to do it. Oh, my God. Well, I don't know about that, but, no, I, I know. It's kind of incredible because, like I say, when you were in it, You'd, I didn't realise quite how viral that corridor choreography was going to go, you know. So you're just there doing your job, giving it 100%, day in, day out. Let's hope this is good at the end. And I'm, I'm so pleased for Ellen more than anything because that woman... She's incredible. She didn't sleep. Like, for 18 months, she didn't sleep. She worked her butt off. And she is honestly such a strong leader that there was not one person on that team that phoned it in. We all were there every day because she gave it mm. so much. We were like equally invested and passionate about it. So to get the recognition she's getting now is so is more than deserved. And it, it does feel pretty special to be part of that team. And I've got to say, we all adore each other. It's, you know, like... The, we, you have an awful of that. Not one bit, like, generally still got a group that we message each other all the time because we went through so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, my lockdown was essentially spent with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're amazing. They're your bubble. Yeah, my bubble. <laughs> they are. Gosh, that's a throwback. A word I never want to hear ever oh my God, again. No, right? <laughs> Very different now. So if we rewind, it's when you were growing up, right? So say you have a scale from zero to a lame page. Oh, God. Where did you fall on that scale of kind of staginess as a child? Like, I'm envisaging, like, there's a different dance class every night. Oh, like yeah. sit from the age of four. Oh, age of two. <laughs> my mum, my mum was literally like, this kid's got too much energy. So my sister was three years older. Two? Yeah. 
my sister was three years older and we're going to dance. My mum was like, get her to dance class. She'll burn some energy and she'll sleep. Like, literally. I think my first... And that's still, that's still what's going <laughs> still, on to this still day. What's going on. <laughs> I think my first thing was ugly bug ball. I was a ladybird. I remember my plimsoll fell off. I was just galloping around the stage. And uh, they knew. They knew that's what she's going to do. That's I was born. No, but I wasn't... I, I, I grew up obsessed with Chorus Time. I grew up... The musical obs- or the film? The film. The film. I didn't even know there was a, a, a stage version. How awful. I've never Sorry actually seen the film of A Chorus Line, but I believe it's quite iconic. Sorry? I've never seen the film of A Chorus No, come Line. on. I've seen the musical a lot of times. You've, you've surprised me there. I would have expected that. Like, but I know the drama. I know what I did for love has changed and she's singing it about Zach and she's not singing it about, they're not singing it about their passion. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Oh my God. I will, I will watch it. Please watch it because I'd love to know because... Then when I saw the stage version, I was like, oh, it's not the film, but you're probably going to think the other way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's iconic. And I, oh, my gosh. And the, the documentary, the more oh, recently, was One yeah. Small Step or it's called. It's really, I right. wish they did more of those things. I know. Do you know what I mean? I wish we had the insight to more of, like, the the sort of journey of these shows that are like so what does more radical opportunities for West End perform the real housewives of the yes! West End oh my god and all the backstage stuff <laughs> the traitors like... West End oh my god P.S. I'd be so good in that TV show I'll host it I'll host it honestly oh I'll my god please that would be like my dream job oh my gosh Um, sorry so we digress you were growing up you were loving a chorus line mm-hmm. but was there did you like, when did you realise that you could actually do that as a thing? Was it was there a doubt or did you, did you get to a stage? Were you known at school as being, like, the stagey girl? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we basically, we used to do dance shows all the time in uh, secondary school and I would always do, like, my festival dances. I was a festival kid, big time. I wasn't allowed to audition for shows and I remember being so gutted about that. But the, my dance teacher's sort of reasoning was you'll lose time when you're training and you know what in a way yeah okay but I really do wish like I could have done a film like Matilda Mm. when I was 11 can you imagine I mean yeah Mary Poppins yeah yeah like Annie like all of those things so um I was gosh you're really loving that piano out there I know that's (laughs) (laughs) lovely darling it's so funny because it's sound lovely gorgeous soundproofing everywhere like a patio (laughs) door a patio door just glass so everyone that is just not yeah that is not soundproof in any way whatsoever it's like really invest (laughs) really invest the ceiling sorry they could have just put a bit up there as well right but anyway sorry distracted they were singing into the unknown earlier so you'd be grateful that it's not (laughs) get it come on I won't do it with you (laughs) your turn (laughs) (laughs) she's an alto guys even though she's a soprano at night Um, sorry what was I saying? So festivals. Oh yeah, festivals and like year six at school was Nancy and Oliver, of course, sure. Um, and then I reckon I was about 11. I always used to go to the theatre with my mum was really good, like local touring productions. Where like, did you grow up by the way? Twickenham. So like right. Richmond Theatre, we'd go to things, Woking, places like that. And then we'd come to the West End a lot. And I remember we'd always get a programme and I'd always see Lane Theatre Arts, Lane Theatre Arts, Lane Theatre Arts. And I was like, Mum, I have to go to Lane's. And she was like, right, OK, well, get your five GCSE, A to, a to C's, that you, you at least need five and you can go type thing, whatever. So 15 auditioned, had been predicted two A to C's on my GCSEs. And my mum was like, you're not going unless you get five. And I was like, well, I need a math tutor. 
I, I need extra I need extra help because I am not not going. So I got in to lanes and then oh my gosh somehow I managed to get eight A to C's and so I mean my and let me tell you my mum wasn't the type of woman to just say it. She meant it. If I didn't get it, she would have pulled me out at the last minute. So I really did work my butt off like in that last year of school when everyone else was going to the park, when you had time off to revise, but no one else did revision. Yeah, your free period. Uh, yeah, I was literally like, no, 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 I have to go to dance college. So at 16, went to Lanes, and I think I probably did know from about, yeah, 11, 12 that this is what I'm going to do. But this is crazy that you auditioned when you were 15 and you went when you were 16, right? Yeah. That is wild because that really rarely happens. I know, I know. It's like... young, right? You don't... I felt so grown up at the time as well, but it is young, and I sometimes think... Listen, I wouldn't change my career because it's been great, but I sometimes think, would I have just been that little bit more mature at 18? Which is why I think most colleges now you have to be 18, mm. right? It's a different it's a different time. But did you, did you thrive? Oh, my God. I loved it. I wasn't the favourite, though. I will say, like, I worked hard. I was like, teachers liked me. Um, like, I wasn't on a scholarship, which, again, you know, my dad paid for me to go. I was very lucky that my dad could pay. But, again, I think that gave me more fight that okay, I've got to really work my butt off here because people are giving up a lot for this to happen for me. Um, and then I think my first year I was, you know, under the radar. Second year I did started doing a bit better. And by third year, I just think I had found, again, still wasn't a favourite, but I was like, <laughs> I know what I'm good at mm-hmm. and I know what I want to do when I leave here and so I didn't really need to be the favourite I didn't need other people telling me I was good or whatever because I was like I know what Mm-mm-mm. what I can bring and like that sounds it, so cocky I don't mean it in a cocky way but no but I think you could have had to instill that fight in you right? you do because I, I I really don't think other people won't fight for you in this industry you you'll fight for you so you have to as much as I'm probably my biggest critic I'm also my biggest champion, like, like the whole thing with breaking my ankle. I, I was, I knew I could get back before two years. Let I was me like, prove you wrong. Doctor. Yeah, it's yeah. always that. I think it's always that in this industry. You have to have that that fight and that belief in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so by my third year, I think I had got that. But I wonder if it would have come sooner had I have gone that little bit later, where a mm. little bit more self assured and just knew myself a bit more. I do wonder that. And then when you like graduated just mm. into the big wide world oh my god <laughs> what were you like I can were you just like give me any job give me oh, other jobs so I was getting to finals for a lot of things in my third year and I kept not getting them because they would say she doesn't have any experience and I was like well, how the am I meant to get experience if you don't give me a job and uh, I got a ship which, by the way, someone came to see me in the show on Saturday matinee, a girl who I did that job with, and we worked out it was 19 years ago, and I've not seen her since, and here I am still going. And what's she doing? <laughs> She's got a kid, a stepson, and I and married, and I was like, I can cool. afford, I can afford tickets to Moulin Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still kicking my legs. Thank you. I bet she was so proud. And she was. She you. was. Go- it, it was gorgeous to see her, but it was terrifying. It was like, how is that 19 years ago? How? Um, but so anyway, I did the ship, and it. I did it with my best friend, who yes. is still my best friend now. She's my sister, and we had the best time. Got to see amazing places, and when I was on the ship, I was like let's 
dye my hair. I remember putting red streaks in my hair, right? Oof. I had blonde highlights, bear in mind. I mean, I know I'm a bit blonder now, but I then came off and was like, I'm just going to dye my full hair red. And I swear to God, from thing. that moment, then everyone was like, <sighs> booking me. I'm not saying it was just my hair guys that got me the job, but I basically was in for Starlight Express and I got Ashley, who was a redhead. And it was almost like I just put it in front of them like, this is Ashley, which Ashley's actually really similar to Nini. She was that smoker, she, mm. like she was that been there, done that carriage. And I I just, I love parts like that. So I, I was desperate growing up, saw Starlight so many times in town. We'd do, you know, like those five pound standing tickets. I'm only here because of Starlight. Starlight, <gasps> I love trains. I just love trains so much. Do you? So like, no, I, no not now. <laughs> Did you? Is the line. Did you? Not, do you? Did you? Yeah, I so, hate trains now. Just on a Saturday afternoon in your anorak. Expensive. No, don't get that rumor out there. Stop that right there. Andrew loves trains, guys. Of <laughs> course. But I love trains. My parents are like, what are we going to do with this train obsessed child? I will take him off to Starlight Express. Wasn't it incredible? I'm sorry. How incredible for a kid was that show? Oh my gosh, so at five, six years old, I was just mind blown. And they're like, they're literally just racing. I remember that. I remember seeing that going, I have to do but this. I remember, you know what I remember? I remember like looking up and it just looking so high. And there was things that happened. There was a scene that happened that part. But and now I've obviously. When go, the bridge, the bridge yeah, flew in. Yeah. yeah. But I remember now, like now I always say, go to the Apollo Victoria and I see Wicked and. I'm like, it's obviously a massive theatre, but it's not, I look up, it's like, not, but as a five-year-old, that perspective that you had, yeah. it truly just was everything. It, I, I loved that show so much. I was actually gutted that I didn't get to do that full version, because mm. I did I did a tour version, you know, the races were on the 3D screen. Doesn't not, say to be had the 3D, the, the 3D yeah. glasses. Yeah, not quite the same. And then, worst of all, they got rid of Ashley. <gasps> I mean, thank God I got to play her before she was... <laughs> I was like, she's the best one. But it wasn't politically correct because you don't have smoking cars. But I'm like, uh, yeah, I think that's why. Oh, God. I know. What a shame. Well, I hope they bring it back because they've been like reworking it, haven't well, they? And they've done this, workshops. They've said this and... like, for years. Well, I went to see Newsies recently at Troubadour. You know, that's a massive mm. space. It's really a weird space, actually, for theatre. But they've made Newsies work there so well. And I was thinking, do you know what could work here? Starlight Express. They Come could on. just so make it immersive and Come use on, make the it space. Happen. It's vast in there. They could just do something really cool. How do we make that happen? We'll just... I don't. Why am I saying that? I couldn't do it now. <laughs> and do you know something else? I broke my wrist on that. A month in. You're joking. I was, that was my first show. <laughs> and I had to do a kick over Buffy. And it was a round kick and it was on the right oh, leg and no. I'm a big lefty, even though my show now is all right leg. And I was like, oh, can I do the left leg? And they were like, no, no. I was like, okay. So I whacked my leg. Literally a month to the day I've been skating and I was on my wheels and not my toe stop. And of course you put your hand down. And then my hand was just like flopped. And I was like, uh... I think it's broken. And I remember just crying for about oh, a week oh, solid because oh, oh. I was like... How this... long were you at the show for? Uh, I think like two and a half months. Oh, that's Gutted. so sad. Oh, yeah, it was awful. The amount of people who have told, even just told me about stories of them breaking bones that show, that show is responsible for a lot of bones. A lot. And, I mean, the German production is still, like, on breaking such a bones. massive scale that you're just going to break yourself. Left, right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but was there, have there been moments, like, throughout the shows you've done when you've changed perspective on, like, oh, okay, I don't want to be doing that anymore. I want to be doing... More, I want to be going more in this direction. I want to be covering more roles. I want to be doing more this, or I want to 
have your like has your like perspective changed as it's gone on? I think, I think so. Naturally, it will have, but not uh, consciously. Yeah, maybe, I I actually think Moulin Rouge was the first time that I was like, oh, okay, I won't, I'm not going to do ensemble again, um, and only because. Oh, it sounds really bad. I say it. Well, I've just I've done it. I've I've I feel like I've you've paid achieved. my dues. You've achieved. It, yeah. yeah. It hurts my body too much. Oh, no, I think you'll have to cut this down. <laughs> For not enough recognition at times. Well, I don't know. That's, I, don't, I don't think that's something that you should have to be cut out. So I, think it's, I think it's true. I think there's so many people. I mean, look, actually, now, I guess, look at West End covers and things like mm. that. Like People are getting more recognition yeah. in different areas. But like 10 years ago, there was just literally nothing. Nothing. People, no one knew, people in the industry would have known what swing was. You know, mm. it was just like... But it's still like you go and see shows and it's it's not just about the Glyndon Elfair. It's about that entire company making yeah. it happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And the people that have trained for years and are working so hard, they're doing those calls all days. Like, it's the hardest job. Yeah. It's so hard. It really is. And all these shows just wouldn't work. Like, look, look in the pandemic, I think that's really taught us that literally there's too many off. Mm. Too many people off in the ensemble. The show just can't happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. it just can't. I like, mean, like, look at us just last week. Mm. Having to call back three people. And full circle, but look at this equity agreement and like look at what some people in ensembles and certain shows or by certain producers are being paid and yeah. being recognised for financially. Like, it's just insane. Yeah. Because it's like the hardest thing to do and you're giving up so much. Oh, no, it was Jason in your show was saying he has to well, you know, he live in a house sp- share. He, and... Yeah, he sparked the conversation, didn't he? They When um, they came in, when equity came in, they kept saying, you know, the man of the moment, Jason, who's really got people talking about this. So, mm. um I, I, he didn't realise that's what he was doing, but it has been a great sort of a movement to actually get us all Mm-mm-mm. talking about it. Totally. Listen, thank you. No, thank you. Has it been okay? Yeah, I hope so. Has it been okay for you? Yes, but are you still scared and terrified? And... Oh, terrified. <laughs> Not of you. You are gorgeous. I'm just so terrified of myself and my mouth. Don't be silly. <laughs> I have something for you. Oh my god, stop! It was the surprise was given away. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'll act like I don't. <gasps> no so way! It's your very own West End frame, <gasps> Thank you so fresh much. in the bubble wrap. Thank you so much. I'm gonna have this in my dressing room yes! tonight, and it will not leave my side. Thank you. Thank <laughs> the stagey you. mug that everyone needs. Stagey mug for the listen, stagey Amy. We haven't spoken about half the shows you've done, so. We're going to have to do a part two someday. Oh, my God, let's do it. Let's do it. Be careful what you wish for. No, I'm, I've done it now once, <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy to come back anytime, anytime. So, and everyone needs to come to Pikachu Theatre and see that leg. Please, please. <laughs> and wait, don't message her in the interval. Wait for Act 2. <laughs> wait for Act 2 and then give her the credit. Okay? Yeah, please, please. Once you've seen that leg go up four or five more times. <laughs> Thank you so much, Thank Amy. you. It's been a pleasure. A huge thank you to Amy for coming in to see me and recording this episode of In The Frame. Make sure you head down to the Piccadilly Theatre to watch her dazzle as Nini in Moulin Rouge. If you're enjoying this season of In The Frame, hit follow, hit subscribe, and you can leave us a cheeky little Apple Podcast rating or review. Check out our other podcast, The West End Frame Show, for your weekly stagey catch-up. And I'll be back next week when we're just going back to one episode a week 
and I'll have another incredible guest. But until then, thank you for listening. <laughs>